There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of In My Truth. This week's guest is David Alron, a friend I recently met at Jeff's camp in Jeff's camp in Turks and Caicos. If anyone follows me on Instagram, you will have seen some incredible photos of us stargazing, uh, meditating under the Milky Way, and just hanging out by the beautiful turqu- turquoise waters of Turks and Caicos. It was an amazing trip, and just some beautiful souls. There were around twenty-five of us, I think, there, and we had some incredible conversations. Just high vibe connections. It was really one of the most special experiences of my life. While I'm speaking, I'm thinking I should actually get our our host of Jess Camp on the show at some point. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be really nice. Welcome, David. Tell us a little bit about you and and what you do and who you are. Okay. So hello to everyone. As I mentioned, my name is David Elron. I'm, today I'm doing this interview from my home in Antigua, Guatemala. We actually had a short encounter here back in May. We just were <laughs> we introduced to each other in like a two minutes something. You were rushing on the stage and <laughs> said hello. But uh, my accent, because I'm originally from Israel, and uh, what do I do in life? Uh, I work with people. I, I, I love people. I love life. And I work with people in different ways. But basically to bring people back to themselves, to their bodies, to being uh, again the human, human 
animals that we are, to connect with this like uh, real part that we are. We are human, we live here in the body, so come back to the body and from that come to your emotions and your feeling and truly who you are and into your heart and really embody and be the beautiful being that you are. I, and I do it through different, two main channels. One of them is called Amane, which is, uh, for lack of a better word, we sort of describe it as emotional release body work. Work with people with a physical body, but the whole intention is to use the physical body as a doorway, as a gateway to their emotional, spiritual body, bypassing the mind. But it's a real sort of like journey. So Amane is a real deep, deep and profound journey to your true self, to your body, bypassing the mind. And it can get you, it's this feeling without it, it's so honest and direct and clear and clear. And it's more than that. It's a whole idea. And that's what I do like in, in life. Like just be yourself. And then I work also in leadership with the leaders and organizations who want to really go into a whole other level and layer of leadership, leadership that's led from the heart. I call it heartfulness leadership. And it's really about leaders who understand that their role as leaders in the world is to care and take care of the people in their care. Mm -hmm. And it begins with them and then it spreads out. But I can talk about that for like the whole podcast or <laughs> both of them. So I leave it and I let us go further on, you know. Amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I do enjoy being around you and how in your body you are. Um, we were laughing just before we started about how you sometimes take really big, deep breaths. So for all the listeners, if you hear David do a big, ah, it's like, it's pretty cool. And it's indicative of what it's like to be in his presence. Um, I really enjoyed it. And just being around you often kind of like reminded me to just be in my body and just be in my, in my presence and my being. So very cool. All right. So big breath. <sighs> what are we going to dive into today? Ah, so we're diving into life. We are in life and, and life is a beautiful challenge uh, journey that it is. It can be challenging in many times. And uh, mm -hmm. these days is like, I'm, I'm coming to my 50th. I'm, I'm going to be 50 in uh, two months, mm -hmm. minus a few days. And it's a big, I don't know if I look at 50, it's such a, it, I do look at it at the point, but I also look at the awesomeness of them. Fucking 50 already, you know, it's beautiful. You look great for 50. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I probably have good genetics, but I also have been taking very good care of myself for those most of the 50 years. Taking care of myself physically. Oh, yes, we were the two. We were the two vegans at Jeff's camp, or was there a third? It was, was a half. A uh, eighty percent vegan, and uh, yeah. Luis was somewhere <laughs> on the journey. So I've been vegan for sixteen years, but I also yeah. generally, it's, you know, it's funny. I was talking with uh, another friend who's doing coaching and thing, and he's struggling with the physical, with overweight, and taking care of him. Taking care of myself physically is an area I mastered for most of my life. I don't want to say that I'm mastered, but it's an area that I'm good with, you know. I eat well, I take care of myself. Obviously, in other the spirit is less, but generally speaking. But life, you know, as we delve into it, you know, there's areas that I don't know if I'm not good with. I'm, I'm... What are you feeling? Tell me what you're feeling. What am I feeling? 
I'm feeling in a level like a little bit disappointed with myself. With like, uh, on one level, I'm really content where I'm at 50 on another level, and that's mainly like, you know, on the assets, financial and other that I have, where I am on my journey, and still at my age, and I do consider myself pretty successful in the work that I do, the results that I get with the work that I do with organization, with people, I, I, I really am happy with that, and they are, generally speaking, mm-hmm. content. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself at almost 50, and I, at the point where I'm feeling in a way, feel like I live, you know, mouth to the hand. I haven't accumul- accumulated any assets. In a, in a place where I'm, for the most part, worried about it, you know, how, mm-hmm. how the future looks and how I will do it financially. And I'm in a much better place today in the last uh, few months, just shifting something within myself in class. But when I'm really honest with myself, I like, you know, when I start talking about it, I feel it like, like right there in my stomach and in my shoulders, like the weight. Of- that tension of it, yeah. The tension of it and the constant worry, you know, and how much fucking energy I give it on a daily basis. Yeah, the energy. I mean, I think this is great. We haven't really talked much about money on my show yet, and I'm really glad it's coming up because I actually think you're kind of reminding me of like what a taboo it still is um, to talk about money and to talk about our feelings about it. It's just still something that is left to the side. And this is where I'm going <laughs> to step into my, I'm so used to talking about this because I spent 17 years as a financial advisor yeah. working with people on money. Um, but, and even then, like I've got my own relationship with money and my own shit to deal with and my own things. And I can completely relate to feeling like just this measuring of like, where am I in relation to my age and my assets? Like, I don't even know what, what that measuring stick is and what is it's meant to look like. But I think we can all, um, I, I think it like I, yeah. I guess I sold my first two company and then I f- sold another company and I was married and my assets were like in a very good position. Um, and then we stupidly put money into a company and just got ahead of ourselves, my ex-husband and I, and like kind of like halved our wealth almost. And then when I got divorced, and split everything, it's like it halved again. So right now I'm in a position where I'm like over the last, I guess, three, four, well, four years, I feel like my wealth has gone down to like a quarter of what it was. And there's lots of factors and all of that, but I can definitely relate to that feeling of, I'm like, okay, I'm 38 years old. Yeah. I do have some assets and some wealth, but like, is it where it should be? It's less than it was a few years ago. Is that good or bad? Where am I going to be in the future? I think for me, knowing that like at this point in my life, like I'm, I feel right now anyway, as though I just want to rely on myself financially. Like I'm not, I don't have this dream of like, I'll meet the man and he'll take care of me and we'll get married and live happily ever after. Like that's kind (laughs) of been shot to shit for me over the over my experiences. And I'm more interested in just I don't know, whatever relationships I do have for them to just be loving and complimentary and wholehearted and fulfilling. And it's not so much about this perfect plan and what it's meant to be. So I'm very conscious all the time about, well, you know, I want to be able to rely on myself financially and that it's not going to come externally. Like it's got to come from me and the things that I do with my money. And and some days, most of the time, 
I feel pretty good and pretty confident about where I'm at, but I can get into that scarcity mindset sometimes and like, oh, you know, am I doing the right things and have I got everything, all my ducks in a row? And some days I get a bit mindless with my spending and, you know, not sticking to that plan or whatever. I've definitely moved through a lot of transition and I'm currently, things are a bit up in the air. Like I've got my assets back in Australia, but really I'm living in the States now and trying to you know, start to think about building wealth there, but I'm really not doing that much about it. I've got a pretty low salary right now. Actually, I'm paying myself $2,000 a month. That's it. Like, and I live in the US in a ski resort. (laughs) It's not a cheap place to live. Um, So I've got to like build my company up and build my income again. Um, And I think it's super interesting, like how much we we can tie our worth to our financial position. And I think I'm thinking about that a little bit as well. Like kind of, trying to make the decision to just continue to increase my salary because I, I don't want to just forget about myself as I build my company, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's, it's you know, you're building a company, but at the same time, if the company grows, you want to make sure that you grow with it because a lot of time as an entrepreneur, we put ourselves aside and, 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 you know, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, like the work you're doing, you feel really proud of and really proud of the results you get for people. And, in that sense, you feel like success is there, yeah. but on the other side, like where's the personal financial reward? Yeah. And there is like money is energy. So there's something in that that's like not, there's some disconnect between look at this amazing work I'm doing that I'm proud of, but what, what does it say on the other side about the energy of money and your personal financial situation? Yeah. And that's where like, you know, because my upbringing and, uh, you know, very, we grew up in Israel, but like, you know, very, the, 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 the view was that like, you know, success is measured by financial success. That's the ultimate way to measure success, you know? Yeah. And though at this stage of age, I, I know that this is not true. You know, I have worked with very financially successful people who are failing in so many other areas of life and, and it's okay. And, 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 but for me, like, you know, I, I, I succeed in so many areas, but at the end of the day, I'm sitting here and I'm looking around, you know, I'm still worried I'm paying rent at the end. Mm. And, and in this month, no, in the last few months, but it still sits there, you know, thank God. I've been there you know, not that uh, long ago, and that was really, really, really sucked, you know, and like, yeah, money is everyone. But money is heavy on you, is what you're saying. Like, that's one of the things that every day you or many days you feel like that weight of it kind of thing. Yeah, it's about, I just don't want it. And it's, it's, it's a mental place where like going to Jeff camp was like first time after so long that like I went to something and sort of like I was actually there for four days. I, I had my laptop, but I didn't worry about it. Okay, I let it aside and I gifted to myself like I'm going here for Turks and Caicos for four or five days because a whole other story because I was called sort of to be there in my interaction. It was clear I'm supposed to be there. And my usual self would say, no, you cannot afford it. Ta, 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 ta. All the stories that I tell myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're going and you're just going to enjoy it. Okay? Now, I go there and it wasn't expensive, you know, but like there's a choice of stay. And luckily, you know, I chose the cheapest one because that's what I can afford. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was a perfect choice because we basically I just left there and it was nice and, and clean and beautiful but like 
it's always there in the background. There's always a concern. And then I, I do live nice. And anybody who knows me will say I'm not cheap. I'm not like when I go out, I'm, I'm sharing, I'm, I'm spending, but like it's always there as a worry, something that weighs on me. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if, you know, if I don't work for a few months, I'm fucked. Mm. And I want to own a place, you know, and like so yeah. there's this constant worry and you know the work that I do am I charging enough am I charging too much I want to work with people but like you know I live in Guatemala there's people who cannot afford with me mm-hmm. and then like you know so I accommodate some people because I feel hey I wouldn't pay what I'm asking I can't afford it <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you know but I actually I stopped that later late at the same time you know? I think a lot of people who work one-on-one um either in professional services or in health or healing could will definitely relate to this conundrum of like, this is my gift. This is what I do. Um, and then how do I charge for it appropriately? And then I want to help everyone and some people can afford it and some people can't. And like, I definitely think that's like a very common theme. Something that I'm thinking of while we're talking, because I know a little bit, I know you a little bit and I know a little bit about you. And I know some of the things you've said in this podcast, even you mentioned, no, you're from Israel and Israel, there is a measure, money is a measure of success for sure. Yeah, I also know you had like quite a successful, more mainstream career um, in fashion in New York City, if I remember correctly. And now you, and then you kind of like shunned all of that and moved to Guatemala to have this, this kind of life doing the work that you're doing now. I'm just curious about, is there some sense of rebellion in you? And then I wonder if this sense of rebellion is coming into, because if you're rebelling against certain things to go and do your healing, are you also rebelling against this Israeli mindset of like money being success? And is that actually potentially stopping you from accumulating because there's some underlying like... You know, there's definitely an underlying because growing up with a child, you know, I come from a humble family, but for some lucky reason, I... My parents, like, uh, got one of the first apartments that became one of, like, the neighborhoods in Tel Aviv mm-hmm. uh, back in the 70s, 80s. They bought a house there in early, mid-60s, the first, one of the first apartments in Nevea Vivim. So I, I grew up around people who were, like, super wealthy, okay? And, and the reality in Israel back at that time, we didn't know how wealthy people were because everybody was living really humbly. Mm-hmm. But, but you can feel it still. And the sense was, I remember at a certain point in my childhood, uh, somewhere in middle school, in junior high, like, because I was the lousy student all my life, but I couldn't figure out why they teach me all the bullshit they taught me in school. <laughs> rebelling again. Rebelling again, yeah. I was rebelling again. And my mom, who was used to come to, you know, PA meetings, sit with the teacher. He's got so much potential, but he doesn't do anything. Mm. And they asked me what I want to do when I grow old. And I said, you know, I just want to enjoy my life and make a lot of money. And there were my mom and my teacher, and they, were picking up, they gave me, they looked at me like I was the greatest dinner on earth. Like, you know, so I don't know if that's the real, if that's the whole story, but there is, there's, there's an in, internal war within it. I, I'm sure about that. And, you know, I can go, because in my work, I do a lot of inner child. Yeah, my child is fucking confused. Because on one way, he sees that this is the measure of success. And on another hand, the story that he heard around was that people that were wealthy 
there was something wrong about that as well, you know. Mm. You want to be like them, but you don't want to be like them because there's something else. And, and I know all of that, and for some reason I fucking haven't overcome that because I know that, you know, you can make money, and money is beautiful, it's just energy. I don't do what I do in life for money, but money in the energy that enables me actually to do it in a whole other level, to give mm-hmm. me the freedom to, to, to work with more people, to reach more people, you know, and maybe that's, it's part of my story, you know, that I tell myself, and I don't really oh, even fucking believe it right now, you know. I'm in a period of, of this right now when I'm saying, fuck it all, you know, really fuck it all. There's something, there's more, there's something deeper than that, and I'm looking at it and, and, and revealing within me. Mm. And it's by showing up every day. And when it cringes me, and there's a moment that it cringes me, I let it cringe me. You know, mm. I I went into cryptocurrency with some money a few years ago, and I'm one of those who went, actually, when it was low, made a lot of mistakes, lost money, made a lot of money and then lost. And that, like, you know, made me feel like still at the moment. Mm-hmm. Actually, less now, you know, I made mistakes, I learned mistakes. But there was a long time that I beat myself up about that, even just after a few yeah. weeks. Yeah. I think... Um... As we've said, money is energy and money is like we all have this relationship with money. I'm actually really curious right now about what mine is. Um, I'm very like pretty free flowing with it. Like I kind of believe that it'll always just work out and there'll always be money and there always has been. Like that's truth as well, right? Like, you know, we always work it out. Like you talk about like, you know, the stress of am I going to be able to pay my rent at the end of the month? But like somehow, you pay the rent. I always pay it. <laughs> we always pay it. We always get it done. And I think it's so interesting to just see like, how do we just like free that up so that it, it really flows. I think from my perspective, I've never run a company with like free cash flow. Like in terms of my businesses, I've always been really, really constrained. So I'm like very used to being an entrepreneur with a cash constrained business. And I look at that, I think there's part of it that's like, yeah, well, you do a bunch of startups and that's pretty normal. But I'm also curious about my own mindset of like, I don't even know if I'm really honest with myself sitting here right now. Like, I think it's, there's definitely some truth in me sitting here and going, do I believe that I could be the person to run a company that has, you know, a million dollars of free cash flow every month or something? And I think, there's, I think I don't, I can't quite visualize that. I've never experienced it. And I probably wonder if I'm actually capable of it, but I don't even know what that means. Like what, what would need to be different for me to be there? Because it's nothing to do with like, I've got all the skills to manage money like that. I'm trained in that. It's not, this is not a tactical thing, you know? And I, I find that most of, for most of us, or pretty much all of us, all of this money stuff is nothing really to do with the tactics of learning how to invest or manage money. I think that's like 10% of the journey, but 90% of it is our own mindset. Um, So something I'm working on at the moment, I'm raising money for my company and going down this path to build a platform around what we're doing and essentially probably transitioning into a tech company that's got a lot of potential for growth and a lot of scale and will ultimately be very profitable. And I'm working on my mindset around believing that I can be the leader of that company. Like I can do that because I'm very comfortable right now in my 
like I'm in my comfort zone, I guess, of being an entrepreneur running a cash constrained startup. Like I've been doing that for 10 years and I'm like, I've got to move out of that comfort zone and step into something else. And yeah, yeah, I wonder what blocks us from doing that. You, You mentioned either before we started or earlier in the show, I can't remember, just around like, and you've said some things as we've been talking around, like also some fear of like stepping into your full potential. And you mentioned if you had more, if you were more financially abundant, you would be able to do more, like spread your gift more or whatever. So there must be some link there as well between like getting into your full potential, like money's going to enable that. So there's obviously a fear there as well about who are you in your, in your potential. There's this probably not probably definitely a much deeper story that's in rough within all of that. And, uh, Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I'm, I'm I'm on the journey of discovering it. I, you know, my my stand about it is that like I'm pretty stubborn about it, and 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 if I and talking about it, I can talk myself out of it. Like I'm right now really exploring and doing diff- things a little bit differently, including going to this retreat right now, mm-hmm. or or allowing myself to spend money in a more free way. Because you spoke about yourself, and when I see you and I met you there in Turkey and Caicos, and, and before it feels like, you know, I don't know financial situation. It seems like a bit, you have more asset than I, and that's cool. But like, you seem like from seeing you, it's not something like it feels like you move more freely within it, you know? And, and so I look at you and I look at others, and maybe when I was younger, I was moving more freely, but I was a little bit, but I know that it's always been there for me. So it's all related in a certain level right now. And, and my commitment with myself is to create a breakthrough to it. I don't know necessarily right now how. You know, sharing about it is, again, putting myself and allowing it to be seen because I, I, I don't want to, you know, my whole work and my whole life is about being authentic and being out there and allow people mm. to see me as who I am. I don't want to be, you know, a false rule, pretend that my life is all perfect. It's pretty awesome. And but at the same time, there's areas that I still need growth and I still need to work on, and that's an area. Uh, it, it's, you know, we spoke before the conversation that I don't want to remasticate issues that are already or things that I already know within me. It needs to arise. And mm-hmm. for me, and that brings me back sort of to my work, it needs to rise through my body, through my beingness, because my mind is fucking strong. And I can, I can, you know, I always say that, like, I can, to try to think myself out of my thinking is something I'm going to mm. It's my commitment to catch it up, to keep on stepping out of the comfort zone, to go do Turks and Caicos, to go now and travel a bit and, you know, and, going to visit my family in Israel in September and then I'm going to meet my wife is in Europe right now and travel with her and in my mind I say I can't afford it but like I'm fucking saying well you know you're going to make it I don't care whether you can afford it or not it's an area where I'm challenging myself and saying I trust it's all going to work out which is something I haven't done for quite a few years I've been really for the past decades sort of really stuck in my fears around it and letting them interrupt me deeper, deeper and deeper and almost, it feels like on a certain level, it almost fucking killed, you know? Yeah. It was so dense. It was so intense. It's like, 
and it became worse and worse financially and it became worse and worse on all level of life because I really like allowed the fear to control me so and then it led to you know the whole question of self-value and even professional self-value because you know when you are so in your shit I don't work enough and then don't make money and like you know the whole self-value came up and <laughs> mm. and I had to go like really in scary deep place within me to to discover things, to start climbing out and I'm in a much better place but I feel right now that there's another breakthrough that's coming there's still a broken there's a breakthrough that's coming there's still a block now yeah I know within me and then that's something that like yeah. I keep like you know this myth I know that it's coming and at the same time the fear is still like pulls me back at the moment. I think the other interesting thing about our relationship with money is that it's constantly evolving. Like it's not yeah. like anything else in life. It's not stagnant. There's not a clear path that once you get there, you're now a master and you never have to think about it again. Um, in, in my situation, like I started off with, uh, you know, not a great relationship with money in terms of I was in, always in a little bit of credit card debt and living week to week and I did know how to save for things. So I'd save for certain things, but I was never just saving, you know, for the bigger picture, longer term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd save for things, make them happen. But for the most part, I was juggling credit card debt. Then I figured out my way out of credit card debt. And that was a big step for me as a young person and started earning a good income and started slowly saving, ultimately started my company, sold my companies and created quite a lot of wealth. Now I can see what happened when I created all that wealth I destroyed it because I felt very guilty. Um, I remember feeling like, how do I deserve all this? I'm like early thirties and, you know, I've got created like I was, you know, between my husband and I, we were worth about $4 million, which seemed like, you know, a lot of money at the time. And (laughs) it was like amazing. And I was proud, but for the most part, I just was looking around thinking, shit, no one else, no one else I know at this age has this much money. I don't deserve this. What about all these poor people in the world that have nothing Like there was definitely a heavy weight on me of just feeling like I didn't deserve it, which is ludicrous because I look back now and I'm like, man, you worked your ass off since you were like 14 years old and you were diligent with your money and you saved and you did all of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I really, really did work hard, but I felt guilty and I can see that that guilt drove me to destroy quite a lot of my wealth. Um, And then my separation was just another, you know, I don't necessarily think that was to do with my wealth journey, but that also reduced like the number that I look at every day. And then there's a new journey and a new kind of relationship with money now where it's like, I think I have a healthier respect for the work that I did to create my wealth. I have a healthy respect for how much our relationship with money impacts our wealth. Um, And now I'm, also on my own where I'm like, well, every single decision I make, I can't blame my ex-husband. I can't blame other people for where we get to or where we don't. And it's all on me. And I kind of like that. Like I've enjoyed that period of like really taking full responsibility for my personal financial situation and for my relationship with money. And I can see the blocks that I have. Like I do think, I think I definitely have an abundant mindset. I definitely feel that money flows and comes and goes and I'm not super stressed about it. My fear actually is probably that I have a certain level of wealth and I know that I have a potential to always create wealth. 
and I know that money comes and goes. My fear is that I tip too far that way that I continue to like not destroy it, but like I don't go forward. I kind of either stay the same or maybe even go a little bit backward because sometimes when it comes to money, maybe I'm not focusing on the bigger picture enough, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I I definitely think I have some blocks there that I could, but then I'm also like, what, what is it anyway? Like life's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Like would it actually make a difference if I had another zero after my bank account right now? I'd still be sitting here talking to you on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in reality with myself as well, like, you know, if I had another zero, if I had a few more zeros on my bank account, I would still very much do the same thing that I do right now. Yeah. But the story I tell myself is that there would be more peace. So, yeah, I would travel more, you know. I go once a year to see my family right now, yeah. and I'm still... I'm going for two weeks. I would love to go there for months and say, fuck it all. I'm just here with my mom, hanging out with my mom, who's going to be 89 years old, like, you know, in October, and my sister and my niece Mm -hmm. and my nephew and family and friends. And, you know, I'm just here. But, like, I'm still there. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to be in Israel in September. I'm going to do my best. But there's still emails are going to come through and there's a workshop happening in October. You know, all of that. And, And that's all. And I can still, like, because I was in Texas and I gave, I put everything. I didn't do any email, anything for, like, you know, eight days, which was nine days. Such a gift, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. It's always come and it's always going to come. And that's where I'm, like, still, you know, the, 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 the dichotomy, this part of me that knows all this information, mm-hmm. that knows that I'm well, I always was well and I always going to be well, okay? And there's the part who's still, <laughs> yeah, you're well, but, you know? Well, I think it's the difference between our logical, rational minds, knowing things and, and really feeling them, which is exactly the work that you do. And yeah. I mean, I've experienced that in so many areas of my life where I'm like, fuck, like logically I can see and understand this and I get it, but I, I feel what I feel. Like I can't let it go yeah. like physically and like emotionally, I can't let it go no, ma- no matter how much my brain can rationalize out whatever that that situation is so yeah I think like one thing I'm super grateful for I'm hearing what you're saying about that level of freedom that money will give you and it's it's reflective for me because I'm very grateful for where I'm at right now financially and that I I can travel and I can do all of those things which was which is a very big part of who I am I want to always want to yeah. Like one of my core values, my highest core value is freedom. And for many, many years that was decide that was defined as the ability to like financial freedom, the ability to be able to travel, to be spontaneous, to do the things and say yes to the things that I wanted. Yeah. And interestingly, earlier this year I was reviewing my values and I was like, you know what? That is my value, freedom, and having that financial freedom to tie into that is really important to me and I'm living it, which I'm grateful for. And what's actually ended up coming up for me is like, well, where, where do I dig into more freedom? And for me, it's been this, this authenticity, this truth, this yeah. freedom to just express everything that I'm feeling to whoever wants to listen. I mean, if you're not interested, just don't listen, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm putting it out there and there's something really powerful for me in that freedom. That's what I've discovered. Real freedom is for me now, um, is actually just being able to do and be and say exactly the stuff that's going on and release any kind of shame or um, just feelings of not enough or feelings that I need to be different. 
I'm like, wow, that is true freedom. Like that is just another level, you know, there's just layers and layers that we peel back of this stuff. And it's so beautiful. And, and, you know, I've been, (laughs) I've been in this freedom, but but keep revealing and discovering more and more. And I sort of have left. I just want to be fucking me. And the part of sharing where I am financially, and I'm not shy about it. It's interesting. I was walking, uh, with the dog uh, a couple of days ago, and I met my good friend, my neighbor, Misha, and then went into another neighbor who just bought a big property in our neighborhood. So Misha asked him, how much you paid for it? He said, no, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then me and Misha like, sat and talked. He, said, was I, he asked me, was I like, a little bit, uh, not okay to ask people how much. I said, well, you know, you can always ask me because we talk about it, and I'm okay. But most people don't want to talk about it, which is weird for me. We all grew up that we don't talk about money. We don't say how much we earn. We don't say what our financial, I'm fine, you know. I'm not fine. I feel like it's the last taboo and it's bullshit. You know, we talk about sex more openly than we talk about money. We talk about so many things now that used to be, you know, off limits. But now it feels like money is kind of the final thing that we just need to like shake up and let let ourselves be free. If I find so much freedom in all of the other areas that I would express in my life to my friends, to people around me, because once I talk about it and share what I'm experiencing, then other people will share their side. And then, yeah. you know, we grow together. But if we're not talking about money, how are we growing? Like, where's the growth? Why do we think we can do that on our own when we can't do anything else? Or, you know, not we can't, but we certainly benefit from discussing and sharing you know, if we wanted to go on a fitness journey or if we wanted to fix our relationship with ourselves, or if we wanted to fix our relationship with our partner or we wanted to get better in our business. We talk to people about these things. We learn from their experiences. We share our own experiences. We share our doubts, our fears, our wins. And, you know, collaboratively and collectively, we can kind of move forward. But money is one area that we're still really not doing it because of all the shame and all this conditioning that it's like, oh, it's rude to talk about that stuff. And I'm like, man, we could progress so much our relationship with money if we were all just talking about it a little more freely, a little more openly. Yeah, I agree with you. So thank you for coming on today. Like, <laughs> I really fucking commend you, right? Like, this is actually a big deal. You're super successful in your life and your career and everything you're doing. And you're coming on here really vulnerably saying, I'm 50 years old and I'm not happy with where I'm at financially and I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I think that's really fucking cool. Well, thank you for that. You know, for the, 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 <laughs> you know I'm always pushing it in, in my life and you call it a rebel. And I, I, I don't like the word rebel because I don't think I'm rebelling. I'm just like, I'm, I'm in the forefront, you know, because my work, just like you, my work has been, when I look at my life for 50, is like going against what, not against, but pushing forward, you know, like saying, hey, we can reach further yeah. out. And my work. Pioneering. Is pioneering. pioneering. Yeah, pioneering and saying. Really. What numerology number are you? Are you? Do you know? Uh, I don't remember, no, but you, you can check. I'm, I mean, I got I to gotta find out afterwards. I'm a one and it is the path of a pioneer. And it's something that, you know, I use the word rebellion and rebel because that's how I always felt. Like I'm constantly feel like I'm going against the grain and I'm, questioning the status quo and I'm pushing. And when I discovered my numerology, it's I'm a one and it's the path of a pioneer. It just made a lot of sense to me. Like the way my thinking is always like, you know, I get excited about something. I get down a path and I'm always like, ah, no one understands me. Like, come on, like this is the way everybody. And like my brain can kind of start to see or my, I can feel intuitively 
a different way of being or a different way of living. And it, it is against the grain often. And I, I just, you know, it was a big struggle for me in my younger years because I felt very alone and I felt different to everyone. And now I understand that it's my path to do that. It's my gift. It's what I bring to the world. And without doing that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm, I wouldn't be inspiring other people to look at life differently and look at things differently. So it's, it's truly a gift. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like a rebel sometimes, but really the better, more positive way to phrase it is as a pioneer. <laughs> and, 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 and I personally relate much more to the word pioneer because I, I, I'm not against anybody, you know, everybody do whatever you want to do. I just need, I just don't need, I do what's true for me. Okay. Yeah. And if that makes me a pioneer, I'm not against the system. You know, the system does what it wants to do. Everybody does what works for them. I go and I say, I want to put everything out there. And I don't want to. Like, my life is an opening. You asked me in the beginning, like, before we even went live, like, what is the process? Just ask me whatever. I don't have anything to hold back. You ask me, I'll answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to answer honestly and authentically. And sometimes it scares people, and that's fine. You know, I, I told you, like, Two and a half years ago, when everything was piling down, that's the moment that I decided to start the, I call it the gentle dash men circle here in Antigua. <laughs> and I was in, at least because it's all still so close, but like the lowest point in my life. Yeah. And I invited men from my community to sit here. Actually, we started here in this living room to sit and, and talk about what's going on for us in our life. It's amazing. And, and and we sat and the, and I was really I was at the point where I felt like broken shadow worthless. And I sit there with men from my community, some I know a little bit better, some lesser, and really they said, and you know, I'm facilitating it, sort of leading the circle, and at the same time I'm sitting crying, letting pouring my gas down. And my good friend came and told me, you know, David, I think you're like freaking the men out. And I told him, you know, I, I can't do it and I won't do it any other way. And I'm changing Ken because I can, but like I'm inviting them to come and be real and show themselves. I'm not going to stretch out and put my whole self here. I'm going to bullshit and fake it. And I'm not into faking. So I'll show up fully. And if it's picked up some people and it's too much, fine. They won't come again. And others, they'll come. But what I discovered in this journey is that like when I put myself out, when I put really my my whole self out of the line, when I allow others, that's how we lead. That's when we give permission to ours to do it again as well. Mm-hmm. When I come and say, hey, here I am, you know, as I am, transparent. It's not even about vulnerability anymore. It's about transparency. In the way the world's going, we're all becoming more and more transparent because eventually somebody is going to break into Google and Facebook and put our guts to the whole world out. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are in there of transparency, but we still feel hope, keep holding back. And like, we can still hide something. And there's nothing to hide because our shadows, they're all the same. We all cut from the same material, you know? Mine is a, this shade, yours is the other shade. And that's a real invitation in, in a podcast like yours and the work that I do is just, when we give ourselves permission to put it all out, it invites others. And, and so I don't want to subscribe to the word vulnerability, but but like so many times we start a conversation, say, hey, you know, we want to have 
a vulnerable conversation, but you start. And then you tell me, yeah. you start. And then we talk about the fucking weather. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for being vulnerable and for being open. I think it's, um, I totally agree with you. Like, it's just amazing to have these conversations and it gives other people permission to feel the things they feel and to talk about the things they feel without shame, without regret, without fear or disappointment or whatever it may be. So this has been an amazing conversation about money. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing and um, I appreciate you kind of bringing something up for me as well that I need to think about and work on with my relationship with money. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be here today. And it's always a delightful experience to share with you and to speak with you. And to do it here with whoever is going to is or going to be listening to it so thank you thank you very much thank you i'll see you in israel and guatemala later in the year (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of in my truth you can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast to stay updated on all of our episodes subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.